Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Busy Blooming podcast. My name's Tess, and I'm hanging out with you in the intro this week. If you guys are new, usually Alexis, our social media manager, and I chat through the intro, give life updates, highs and lows of the week, all that sort of stuff. But this week has been such a big week for both of us. There is so, so much going on in her life and my life, and it has just been a crazy week packed full of huge life events. And so for the intro this week, it's just me hanging out with you guys. I'm going to keep it short, going to keep it brief, give us a couple little busy blooming updates, and then we have a really, really exciting interview today. And next week, Lex and I will give you all the details, break down all the lifestyle things going on, and all the life changes we have. For this week's episode, we have Sarah Jenkins on the podcast. I'm so excited about this interview. Her and I are actually so similar. We're both in Toronto. We both are in, you know, five-year-long relationships. So we had so much to talk about, about relationships, working nine to five in your 20s, work-life balance, like all that sort of stuff. So it was a really fun chat with her. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to say, if you are new, welcome to the Busy Blooming community. Busy Blooming is not just a podcast. We have so so, so much going on at the Busy Blooming headquarters. We have a Facebook group, which next week will be one year old. One year ago, next week, Monday, Busy Blooming will officially be a year old, which is so crazy. So we have the Facebook group with 1,200 women in it. You can go join, post anything you want, get some support on something going on at work, lifestyle stuff, relationships, whatever you need. We got you in the Facebook group. We also have an Instagram where people take over almost every Tuesday. We have a LinkedIn. We have busyblooming.ca with blog posts, resume templates. A new resume template is coming this week. And last week, we had such an exciting day. So last week, Friday, was the first ever Busy Blooming Apparel launch. And oh my God, Friday was just such a big day. You guys absolutely were the most amazing, most supportive people, which I mean, no shocker there. It's always like that with the Busy Blooming community, but just so many DMs, so many comments, so many of you ordered merch and ordered apparel. And it was just such a fun day. I feel like everyone was just so excited to see the website and see the merch designs. And I mean, 5% of the proceeds go to help girls stay in school and girls get in school. So it was just such a fun day. So I just wanted to say, and Alexis, as well. We wanted to say a huge thank you for all of your support on Friday, for buying the merch, commenting, sharing, and just being absolutely amazing as always. And this is just the beginning for Busy Blooming Apparel. That was our first launch. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So there's no like stock limits. So if you want to get a sweater, they go from sizes small to 5X. 5% of proceeds go to help girls stay in school. And we have crewnecks and hoodies, pink, black, white, such cute designs. And so busyblooming.ca slash shop is here to stay and it was just such a fun launch day so thank you everyone so much for all your support whether it was buying a sweater or sharing or commenting or liking it was just we felt the love that day so thank you everyone so so much and it was such a fun day anyway I feel like this episode I could truly talk about myself and all the things going on in my life so next week Alexis and I will give a huge deep dive into everything going on um, the one year busy blooming anniversary and all that sort of stuff because if you guys follow me on Instagram you've probably seen the week I have had like the many life 
life-changing moments that have happened to me this week. Just like a quick preview, um, I quit my job <laughs> the week before last. So last week I said on the podcast, I quit my job. This week I did get engaged, which is so crazy and so exciting. And I also start my new job on November 15th. It's I'm turning 25. There's just too much going on. And, and the same goes for Alexis. So anyways, uh, next week we'll give you guys a big rundown of everything, which I'm so excited to catch up with her with, with you guys and chat. So that will be next week. So stay tuned for all of our exciting life updates. I think that's all I wanted to say for the intro. Just a quick little note for me. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a good week. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy listening to the episode with Sarah. Just a little preface. The audio sounds a little bit off because, you know, Zoom did not want to cooperate, but you get used to it. Trust me. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the episode with Sarah and I'll see you guys next week for a big life catch up and let's get into the episode. Okay, so we're here with Sarah Jenkins on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Another Toronto girl on the podcast. Okay, well, I we have so much to talk about. I'm so excited. Um, before we get into it, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what your days look like, so we can just get to learn about you. Yeah, I'm Sarah. I, uh, by day, am a digital studio producer at the CBC. So I work in sports media and have for about six years now. And at night, but not at night, like just in the on the side. Uh, I also daily blog my life on TikTok. Now it's transferred to stuff on Instagram. And now I guess that's my second life. So I always say it's like Hannah Montana. I have my two lives. I have my TikTok life and then I have my regular life. But my TikTok life just shows my regular life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I'm a content creator on the side. Yeah. Your TikToks, like you post so much, which is just so admirable. And your content looks really effortless, which means I know it's not. Like, I know it takes a lot of work because whenever someone's content looks like it's, like, easy to make, you know it's, like, that's when they're really, really good at it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just did my practice. Like, I've been doing the same style of video since February of 2020. So when you do that three times a day, every day, like, it becomes just like I just it's like a second nature now like I know how to do it and I know how to like tell the story and do it to make it look effortless but then it all it takes is my friends to attempt to do one and they go how do you do this three times a day and I go I just it's it's my routine now it's part of it but yeah it's uh it's taken lots of practice to get to a point where I am now so I was watching old vlogs the other day randomly and even though I filmed them back in like April of 2020 I was like oh wouldn't do that again wouldn't do that again oh my god I know I do that with YouTube sometimes too and I'm like I can't even watch this like I, I can't believe I put this in public like this is horrible no there are some there are some of those and that's only a year ago which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy how much you can change in like a year and a half too which is the crazy part but yeah it's I'm like I don't know why people watch these but they've stuck around so it's worked out yeah I love your content I feel like you're kind of like the key Toronto like tiktok vlogger i think you're like one definitely one of the top people i found and especially with the pandemic too like you were posting like i think three times a day right like it's just crazy yeah Yeah, it was honestly just came out of like me being unemployed and needing to like be employable so i was like let's learn how to make tiktok content i guess and then it just gave me like it's so depressing like it's so bad like it gave me to get up in the morning and do something where i didn't have work and then once i started work again it just felt like a natural transition to cover everything and then now it's yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride and it's weird, but it's good. It's yeah. Because I never like expected any of it. Yeah. And now you've like built this business for yourself, yeah. which is so cool to work for yourself yeah. part time. 
Yeah, it's crazy. That part's weird. That's the weird part that I still can't get over a little bit. Like, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I get into it more, and I would love to chat about your job too, because I know that's something else you like talk about on your TikToks, which I think is like such a unique job, which you don't hear about that much. But before we get into it, a question we ask every single guest, and I would love to hear your answer, is if you could go back to yourself at 18, what is something you would tell your 18-year-old self? I'd say like I'd tell her try not to change yourself too much because I think what I did was so I moved from like classic like small town to big city energy and I think when I came to the city I really clung to people that I thought would be like cool city girls and like that vibe and like that's what I was trying to too hard to be and it wasn't who I was like I at my core I'm like I just I don't know like I'm chatty like a little dorky like what like I and I tried not to be that way I tried to be cool girl which I'm not and I never have been so I don't know why I tried to be that way so it took me a few years after school and to kind of figure it out. And now I'm in a place where it's like thriving, not being that cool girl, but mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I would have just told my 18 year old to like chill and like not try too hard to be another person because like I'm the same person I was when I was like in high school, like the same, like outgoing quirky self. And that's now what's helped me thrive in my career and in personal life too. I think when you're going to university, it's like, an, especially an 18 year old, like you're trying to be this like, you feel like you can reinvent yourself and as someone that wasn't like the popular girl in high school I feel like I could be that at university and I like had that for a second but then I realized like when you're in university like that doesn't matter and then like, when you're in the real world that doesn't matter so yeah and it's tough too because like the language of like oh that's just not really me like I, you don't even know like what is really you so it's so tough to be like yeah. oh no I don't really fit in there like you don't even know yeah, I, it's so funny. Like, I just like my first year as well, specifically, and I'm like, I can't even associate that person. Like, there's so many of the memories. I'm like, I don't even, I was a different human being. I was like, trying to be this other person. Like, I'll never forget. Like, one of my friends, I'm still friends with to this day. Like, he literally sat me down one night, like, half of like, first year and was like, What are you doing? Like, you act like two different people. And I was like, I don't know. It's exhausting. So I told myself to just, like, maybe not to try so hard. Okay, I'd love to chat relationships with you. I think your content more recently, too, was kind of blown up, like just certain TikToks, which I want to chat about, too. But just for context, like, could you just give us a little overview of, like, your relationship? Yeah, so I met my boyfriend, Nolan, in university. We're in the same program. Actually, I met him the very first day of school. I'll give you, like, okay. the cute little meet cute that no one ever gets. I've never talked about this on TikTok before. We met on the very first day at our very first university class, and I came in like a keener up at like, and was in a, it was an 8am class. I was there at like 740 and he was already sitting there and I sat in front of him. He was the only other person in the room. So I was like, I look like a dick if I go sit on the opposite side of the room. Yeah. I went and sat in front of him and I was like, hi, I'm Sarah. Like blah, 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 blah. Like being my annoying self. And he's like exhausted. And I was like, isn't it so annoying? Like, cause I lived in Rez Rest Street. I'm like, I had to wake up at like 720 to get here. And he looks at me dead in the eyes and goes, I've been out since 445. Oh he my God. Muted. That was our first interaction. Friends for a couple of years. And then we started dating in between second and third year of university. Flash forward five and a half years. We're like adults with an apartment and he's a lawyer and I'm like a person. You know what I mean? Like, it's so weird. Like, it's when you yeah. start from university, I don't think you really think that far ahead, to be completely honest. And then now it's like blank and it's been five and a half years now, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. We have actually a really, really similar timeline. And it's weird because when you like hang out in your dorm room or like just yeah. in college settings, like now you're like a full adult like, in like a home. I always say to my friends, who, my friends who are trying to date now, it's like if they're going on Bumble dates or whatever, 
they're dating with a lot more like intention to then like mm-hmm. have a long-term relationship, intent to marry, intent to whatever, right? Like you're thinking more that way when you're like 25, 26, 27. Whereas like, which is why I always say probably they'll all get married before I do because mm-hmm. that's how they're dating. Like if there's more of a, mm-hmm. there's more of a rush on it. Like that's just how they all are. Whereas me, like when Nolan and I started dating, like we weren't, I wasn't dating for any other reason than like, oh, I like spending time with you. Like you're not dating with the idea that like, oh, this is going to like, last this long and whatever you just don't think that long term so mm-hmm. it's really interesting like when you blink and it's been like hearing five and a half years out loud sounds like a really long time and it doesn't yeah not long but it's like it's weird I know because it sounds so long but then like you said like I know we're like 25 26 so then if someone starts dating now if they're dating for five and a half years they'll be like 30 plus right so well, I was like 19 same. like I was turning 20 so I was you like know. I thought I was a teen when I started dating you that's insane (laughs) I know and I think the tough thing and like I don't know about you but when Storm and I started dating I was 19 as well I just spoke to turn 20 we had a lot of other friends dating and like when we graduated they all broke up I think it's so tricky when you're like 19 to when we're like 25 26 now to like grow together and it's just like such a weird thing to be with someone through like those like really really formative years like your early 20s for sure. And I think it's because university actually makes it easy, right? Because you're like having shared experiences. It's when you start to have different experiences that it makes it difficult. Even for us, it's been weird because like I then went right into work and then Nolan went back to school like right away. So mm-hmm. that was the, he's still in school, but I have like a career and like I'm out like doing like adult work. So that was a weird transition for us too. But I always think this song is so cheesy. They're like, there's a song like uh, Grow As We Go by Ben Platt. Mm-hmm. I always think of that song because it's about like, why do people it's about like a college couple wanting to break up after university or whatever and it's like why do you have to do that why can't you like try and figure out like if you can grow together which I think is the challenge but like if it works it works and that actually sets you up more for what the rest of your life is going to look like I think Mm -hmm. like what do you think has been kind of the way you've grown the most like in your relationship like for you personally when you're 19 like I mean it's also just like different with like puppy dog club when you're like first like dating someone right like mm-hmm. there's a honeymoon phase and like there's always that um obsession like be together to me first seven and this and that like I think I mean by far this is my longest relationship I'm only 25 so like to have a five and a half relationship it's my longest relationship and I think uh when I started getting into like the two three year part where it was like a lot longer than any other relationship I had had is when I started to like learn how to just be like, like sit in it and be more comfortable in it, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I think it's really easy for people in their twenties to think like, what's the next step of this? Okay. We have to move in together to jump. Whereas we're very comfortable just like chilling. Like mm-hmm. we all just moved in together in January, which is like abnormal. Like it was, we were approaching five years and we just moved in together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like, maybe how I've changed. I just, we're just like, we just hang a little bit. There's no pressure to like go to the next thing or do the next thing. Myself, it's just been a lot of like my independence in the relationship, which is what's popped off on TikTok the past. Mm-hmm. We share a lot of friends. And so uh, the past years, especially Nolan and I have spent like every waking moment together because we were in quarantine together. Then we have shared friends. So, like when we, when we did make our bubbles, our bubble was like with our best friends and we're all the same people. Like it wasn't like we were really living separate lives. And I struggled with that a bit because like, I'm someone that needs to be able to miss someone. I'm someone that needs to be able to like do my own thing. And I think uh, now that I've been able to have my, a little bit more of my independence back, that's been like the biggest thing that's changed. And then that's what everyone was freaking out about on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Like I would love to get into that. Um, my number one most commented comment on any of my videos is where's Nolan? 
Where's Nolan? Nolan recently like all of my videos I expect that that happens all the time and I I just assume that's like younger viewers that do it because actually my demographic is older so it's like I'm I'm normally surprised by those comments but that's like a pretty common thing my friends always make fun of it because if I god forbid I don't show Nolan in a vlog like for a couple days like they think we've broken up (laughs) so but when I recently went on two trips so after I finished the Olympics I went to New York with my best friend Haley and then I recently just got back from France with my sister and I knew I was going to get the question, like, why are you not traveling with your boyfriend? Why is Nolan not going? Who are you going on these trips with? And it just got to a point where I was like, if these are like young girls thinking that you have to just like always be with your boyfriend, like I want to like take the opportunity to like big sister them for a second and just be like, listen, the guy is like working nine million hours as a lawyer. And just because he can't take me to doesn't mean I'm not going to. And so my first video was just like talking about why I chose to go on these trips with my sister, and my friend, and like. From there, I got like more comments. So then, like, one of them was like, Why date if you don't want to do all these shared experiences together? And I was like, But like, you don't get, you can talk about the experiences. And like, it's just, it's just such a weird thing. Like, I'm sure like you get it. I just didn't even know how to explain it at first. It took me so many takes to be like, How do I explain that you need to be an independent person in a relationship if it's going to be successful longer than a couple of years? Like, mm-hmm. how do I put that into words that's simple and doesn't sound like, rude like I'm not talking down to someone so I made a couple videos about that they both kind of popped off and then a couple days later I went out for drinks actually with my manager like he's like the one that does like all my brand building stuff but in the video I was just like yeah my friend Jacob or I say my friend I went out for drinks with a friend god forbid I didn't say it was a guy but you could see his hands and see that it's a man and somebody commented Nolan lets you go for drinks with other men question mark and that's the one that I had fun with where I was like, I can't do this anymore. So Nolan and I just did like a little skit where I pretended that I have to submit a form to get approval to go see men. So that one like popped off and everyone learned that I have sarcasm, that I'm sarcastic as early. <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but it's just been like, it's been like the theme the past month for some reason, but it's, I mean, it's driven engagement. So we'll take it. Yeah. It is a good message too. Like, like you said, like, especially for younger people, I don't know. I think for me, like when I started dating Storm, I was like 19, almost 20. And I'm like, this is kind of like my identity now. Like I'm like a girlfriend, which is like fun and cute at the beginning as we grow and get older. And like, as you're with someone longer, it's not like your identity. You need to be your own person. Okay, I would love to also chat to you about toxic work-life balance. And this is something I I don't remember if it was like a recent video you posted or a while ago, but you were kind of opening up about work-life balance. So could you just chat a little bit about your first job and like kind of how prioritizing it so much like affected you? Yeah, for sure. So um, I was really lucky because right out of school, I landed like kind of like for myself, it was a dream gig creating like digital content for um a major brand. And so uh, it was a small team at the time. So it was weird. So it was a small team within like a major company. So it felt very startup vibes. Mm-hmm. Like I also explain it. Like it was, and I was the first like girl to join that team. Everyone was pretty young. Like it was a very like young and hungry group. Like my running joke was always, uh, I had more Instagram followers than the brand account did. Like and mm-hmm. that was making content for when we started my first job at a university. So I felt very, and because I was there from like the very beginning when it was like really small, you start to feel like ownership over it. Like it's like almost like it's your baby or your company or your thing. And like they, they, you buy into that, right? Like you buy into like, I'm working harder for the team and for this and that, which um, really led to me just like not having a work-life balance just because like everything I did was like for the betterment of that team and whatever. What I struggled with was because of that, um, about a year and almost two years later after I started working there, we had mass layoffs and I was affected by it. 
well, so much of my identity was attached to that brand because all I did was like work all this overtime and work for that brand because I thought I was going to get a promotion and whatever. And I put in all this extra work and all this stuff. And then it was like, for what? For you to package me out on like a Wednesday morning and say, see you later. Like it's been good, but bye. And so what I struggled with was a lot of my identity was like being attached to Sarah from Yahoo instead of just Sarah, the content producer who creates good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, in the last couple months I had been there, started to try kind of realize where the winds were blowing and I started to realize the trends that were happening. And I tried to make up for lost time and do a little bit more of my own self-promotion and be like, hey, I made this or like, and that's what hurt extra when I got laid off because I felt like I was getting laid off from a place that I built, that I helped build and that I was so ingrained in like it feels like I laid the foundation there like you can't get rid of me like I've been here forever and like I'm the one that has sacrificed all these weekends and sacrificed this and done that for you but then once I realized how quickly they'll still like get rid of you is when I realized okay like a healthy work-life balance like at the end of the day I'm still an employee like as long as I have an employee number like I'm still just like a number on a on a on a line right so I can still be valued and I can still be appreciated by my employer, but I really changed the way I look at work and working extra and always being made available. Like I was always available at my old job. Like I could be emailed at any time and I would answer and I would do whatever. Now the second it hit 5 PM, I turn off my email now and I'm like, nope, see you later. Unless I know there's something big that I need to be on for. But now I charge for that. Like I don't allow myself to be taken advantage of that way anymore because I know that at the end of the day, as long as I'm not my own boss, like I'm, I'm working for somebody else and they have the power in that situation, no matter how much you think you have security, there's no real such thing. So it really taught me about the balance of that. And I've gotten a lot better with it. So now I actually have a really healthy relationship with work and I'm very good at like church and state and keeping one mm-hmm. away from the other. I have, there's so much of what you said I can relate to too. And I think it's something about like kind of right out of grad. It's like, you, you're so like wide-eyed and like, it's so, so hard to like disassociate from work and is harsh as it sounds it's like everyone's replaceable like it's a hard pill to swallow because you don't feel replaceable you're like I am building this brand like I am literally making so much money or followers like whatever it is and I think like you said like that's why it's so important to just be like okay five o'clock weekends you can you can charge me over time but I'm done like it's a replaceable thing is like the key because like unless it's like your company like mm-hmm. it's right like I understand and it's not to say that you're not going to work overtime and you're not going to do whatever especially like like I said as a new grad it's really easy to get like excited doughy eyes like whatever it's just to make sure it's not going to a point where you are then like have to have sacrificed other things like and you're losing part of yourself and you're just like constantly like I was just constantly working and then I wasn't I'd be like feel bad I'm like oh I'm not gonna like charge for this like or I'm not gonna like ask for a loo day or whatever Whereas now I'm the first person to be like, um, yeah, I will be taking a day for this. Thank you so much. Right. Like, cause at the end of the day, like, <laughs> yeah. work is valuable and like, you need to be getting, whether it be compensated or make sure you take your time for yourself as well. I don't know if you'd like have to go through that. Cause I went through a thing as well. It's like the always being available is so toxic. I think the older, I mean, like we're only like 25, but I don't know. I feel like the older you get, you realize it's good to be selfish sometimes. Like, even though it sounds so bad, but it's like you know just saying like hey are these my hours want to check in like I'm done at five taking vacation day like just putting yourself first because it business is business at the end of the day and like you have you only have yourself so it's it's hard but do you have any tips of like things you could do to kind of like set those boundaries in a good way um well I think like the main thing is making sure your actual job 
like objectives are like very clear with your manager because I think it's also really easy to like take up other things like yes if it's a good opportunity but make sure it's like not something that's then causing you more work for the same pay like I think that's a key thing that people forget to do I honestly reading is something that like literally gave me work-life balance which sounds so weird but it was a good mm-hmm. transition for me because my job is on my phone like right because I'm like a content producer content creator your emails on your phone everything's there uh so now when I like read I'll like put my phone in another room and I'll sit there and read and that like literally makes me disassociate because I forget it's there because I'm just like in a book that's like a way that when it comes to when I'm trying to get out of like the work mindset I also no longer have the email on my like gmail app on my phone for work I have to physically go into safari and sign into my email if I need to check it meaning like if I like I'm running out to an appointment while I'm in a work day like I'll I'll have that so I have access to email still and I can still do it but when it's like a weekend, I'm not getting the notifications because it's so easy to check one. I did it when I was on my vacation. I check one email because I'm like, oh, I just need to check on one thing. And then you like realize you've been scrolling for 30 minutes, like catching up on things, right? So I found taking the email app or like Slack or whatever you use literally off your phone helps so much because you're going to look at it if it's there. Mm-hmm. That's such a good tip. Especially when you're on vacation, it's like you don't even realize how much brain space, like your brain just goes into work mode. Like you look at one thing and it's gone. Like you're out of vacation mode. And could you chat a little bit about your job? Like I think it's so cool what you do. And um, like during the Olympics, like is that kind of a time where it is like crazy busy? You don't really have much balance. Yeah, that's a time that I accept the lack of balance though, because like you are getting paid for, you are getting like, yeah. Or like, you know, you're going to go over time, but yeah. So I work as a digital, I'm the digital studio producer, um, but I work, I just call myself a digital content producer. It's what I've always done. So I used to work in television, produce television, but it wasn't really my thing. I always loved YouTube and I always loved like just digital video content. So that's what I always wanted to work in. So a year ago when uh, the pandemic was like starting, I guess I was supposed to start this new job. Uh, and then I got pushed a little bit, but basically I oversee all digital video content out of the hub is what we call it. And with that, that could be like an international Wednesday video that could be a breaking news sports video or like an hour long live show like we did during the Olympics. So it really changes and depends. It's different every single day. Like in a couple of weeks, I'm flying out to Alberta to go bank content for Beijing. So like it's, it's really different. It's just a lot of just creating original video content specifically. And now we have a TikTok account, so I create on there as well. Uh, but yeah, during the Olympics, uh, I got to oversee the studio. It was the first time we had a digital content studio during the Olympics, which was really cool. I was a producer on our show called The Extra Hour, which was an hour-long live show every single day of the Olympics. So we did 21 days straight of work, which is uh, crazy. That's you want to talk about like work-life balance. That's like because of the industry I'm in and the job I'm in, I understand there is no balance. Like, but I'm also like warning my friends for weeks, like do not contact me during the Olympics. I'm like, that was literally like, we'd I'd wake up. My shift was started. It was supposed to start at four. I always ended up starting at like one thirty. Mm-hmm. So it was, I'd wake up at like 10 a.m. I would get on the phone while I'm making breakfast with my associate producer and we would talk about the rundown for the day. What did we miss while we were sleeping overnight? What medals happened? And then he would literally drive me to work so we could talk about work. <laughs> he would drive me to work. We'd go. And then we'd get to the office at like 1.30, start building graphics, videos, whatever. Our host would come in. We'd do a pre-show prep, do any records on cams. And then we would produce a live show from 6 to 7, eat dinner at 7. And then we would get ready to watch the night of sports to then turn around some breaking news video or any interviews we had. Then I'd usually be out of there at like one or two a.m. And then I do yeah. it again for twenty-one days. 
Oh my God. That's so cool though. It, do you really, really enjoy it? The reason I work in my job is because of the Olympics. Like the Olympics were always what I wanted to do. That's why I studied sport media in school. This was a weird Olympics, obviously, because it was like mm-hmm. a little time and it was from home and all this stuff. But like, I was really lucky to have a great team and it like, I truly loved going to work every day, even though it was 21 days of like, we were like, how do we make the show better? How do we do this? How do we make it like stronger? And like, I loved going into it. I, like about day 10, you always said like a day 10, like, mm. Die like I'm so tired, but once you can get over that hump, then you can like see the end. It's just like it's the best, and so we have another one coming up in a couple months. So oh my god, you know what's so crazy to me is that not only did you do that, but you also like film TikToks like of your day. Like I posted at least two videos a day while I did that. But it's the nice thing is because I do content production for a living. Like I was really great. Like my my work was really great about like allowing me to film behind the scenes stuff because I mean it's a win for them too like they're getting like free content essentially uh yeah there was a couple times where I'm like why am I filming right now or what am I doing but it's all part of my routine like I've been doing it for so long it's just little clips like I film everything in the app so it's not like I was like also filming like a YouTube video or something Mm -hmm. like that would be more stressful for me if I then had to like edit I don't have to edit anything with this so it's like just adding a couple text boxes and whatever. There were some nights at the end of the night that was like one in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to do my voiceover right now. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I wanted to do. You like have to sound like so chipper and you're like, I want to go to bed. So funny people like can people like are so like intense and know like everything about me now and I kind of forget that. So it's like my voice. Like they can tell they're like, Are you okay? You sound down. I'm like, guys, I'm like hungover. That's why yeah. I'm <laughs> like so during the Olympics, like someone goes you can literally hear you get progressively more tired with every voiceover with every day. So I was curious. I went back and watched them all. And absolutely. First oh my God. Day, oh, we're working the Olympics, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then by like day six, I'm like, hey, my name is Sarah. And then- <laughs> like, guys, I am not okay right now. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. I didn't even realize. And then people are like, you sound dead. I was like, oh, great, lovely. Thanks. Like, like and subscribe. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So is this kind of something you said like you always wanted to do like was the olympics kind of like the goal for you of where to work um yes and no i mean like growing up no i was just you know, I wanted to work in media or like content creation or producing or something but uh when i went into sport media it was because of the olympics it was because i'm very like proud canadian and i don't know i just loved the olympics that was always it and then uh i started working at cbc when i was in Great, not great. Oh my god, <laughs> university. And so I, that was actually my fourth Olympics I just finished. So that was kind of cool. And yeah, that was always like the dream. I want to go there. I've never actually been to one. That's like the next big goal. But yeah, covering the Olympics was kind of always thing. I just think it's like the epitome of like what sport is, and it's like the world coming together, and it's like the best athletes in the world that aren't doing it for like millions of dollars. Like I used to cover the Toronto Maple Leafs, and like snooze fest like they're doing it because they're going to be 12 million dollars like i i love that these olympians are doing because they just want to like represent their country which is really cool so that's why i always love to do it that is really cool how did you kind of like know that you wanted to get into sports media like or did you play sports in school i was was a competitive hockey player i wanted to go to the olympics okay when i was younger um and then once i got to high school i was trying to figure out like hey what else can i do because i'm obviously not gonna make the olympics and then I worked with like canoe kayak Canada, which is a really random sport. My sisters were competitive in it. And it like, I like knew some people that were like on track for the Olympics. Like one of my friends won an Olympic medal this past Olympics, which is so cool. Oh my God. That's yeah. so cool. So, and then like, I had another friend that finished like four, like right off the post. Like, it's really cool to see that stuff. And like, 
that was just really exciting. But yeah, I just was always around high performance sport. My parents loved the Olympics. Like we always talked about volunteering one day it would be so cool. So when I was going to Ryerson and the sport media program came up, like that was my hook. I was like, that's what I want to cover is I want to cover the Olympics. So mm-hmm. that's always been it. And then now I work for the Olympic Network, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You see, like, one of those rare people who, like, just did their degree and then, like, did the field, like, that they worked in. (laughs) I'm well aware of that. I, like, yeah. my friend's getting married on Sunday, and we always talk about this, because she's, like, she's, like, nine years older than me, but we had two very different paths. Like, we both used to work at Yahoo together, and she, like, she's someone that she, like, changed her mind nine times, changed her degree nine times. Like, she, like, took six years to finish her undergrad, and then she went into postgrad. She didn't know what she wanted to do, and then she found herself, like, in her 30s, like, finding her passion of writing. Whereas I was very, like, I'm, like, the university pamphlet dream. I am the <laughs> by the book, like, former athlete, goes to university for sport media, then graduates, gets a job right out of school, and then works at, a, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I am a pamphlet. I'm fully aware of that, and I don't know. Just, like, I just lucked out that... I ended up loving my degree and what I work in as well. Yeah, I feel like I'm in like the other boat. I changed my degree like seven times and then figured it out to get into marketing. Like but extreme or the other, and both are yeah. totally fine as long as you figure out a way to find work. Yeah, it's yeah, it's never like you change a degree once. It's like you change it fourteen times or none. <laughs> do you? So do you think you're kind of like you want to stay into sports media? Like that's kind of like the dream for you, or, or do you think you'll ever like pivot into something different? Um, I mean, like, I never liked to control myself. Like, my dream when I was, like, in high school and I was first going to, like, apply to universities was to be a much music DJ. So, I think it changes mm. a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It changes a lot. I don't, I don't know. I, like, my dreams literally change, like, every day. Like, some days I'm like, I want to win an Oscar. I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a film. And then other days I'm like, I'm going to write a rom-com. I'm going to write a book. Like, I just, I have this dog complex in me where I truly believe I can do anything. Which is, like, a really healthy like confidence thing but a really unhealthy thing for like when you're actually trying to figure out which one to do with your life because I change my mind so often so I'm trying this new thing where I just like sit in it and just chill mm-hmm. I'm not a chill person but I'm learning how to chill so I don't know like right now I enjoy my job and I enjoy working sports media and to be honest there's not a lot of women in it and I would like to help change that so like if I could be a voice in that and I would like to help with that and there's not a lot of women in leadership positions and I would love to be that person but then also, like, if I change my mind tomorrow and I'm like, not for me, then I'm not afraid to step aside and go start something new or whatever. So I just, I know I love creating content and producing and telling really cool stories and whatever medium or platform or industry that means, I'm just going to kind of follow whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you seem to really like own like the nine to five lifestyle. I feel like, I don't know, like being someone like with such a following you have on social media, a lot of the times you see people like go off and, and do like their own thing but do you kind of like working like a nine to five I do not understand how people can be full-time I hate the word influencer people don't do that full-time people pay you for like 90 days how do you live a life not knowing where your paycheck comes from <laughs> that is so stressful I was talking to someone about this yesterday I was like I don't know what I would do without my like every like it, me I'm sure I figured out I'm sure I figured out entrepreneurs have figured it out I, yeah, I actually, one of another podcasts that I always get asked the question if I want to do social media full-time. I have no desire to do social media full-time, given, so I'm probably going to clip this if I ever end up changing yeah. my mind. <laughs> she said she won't. What I do for a living is so closely tied to digital content and social content anyways. So, right? Like, I produce digital content for a living. I just produce it in sports as opposed to for myself. So I do it both. So I just think a way that I could merge the two a little bit more would be ideal. Like, I think... I love the flexibility of being my own boss, but I also love the security of working for a team and working for people. And I love 
working on major events like the Olympics and stuff like that. I don't think I would ever fully leave. I've always said like I would always be living. I'd love an ideal world where I could be doing like a three and like three days with one and two days with another. Like I could focus I'm gonna create my own content these two days a week and then the other three are working on a show, working on the Olympics, whatever it might be. And that's like a down the road thing. But right now the balance works for me. I'm overwhelmed but not enough that I can't handle it. So I'm good right now. But yeah, I don't think I'll ever I also think it's kind of hypocritical if I ever left because like so much of my life is built around like a realistic lifestyle in Toronto. So like, why would I ever like stop working? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like totally change the way that people perceive me and like that, like, and I understand people change and evolve, but I feel like that would be kind of backwards. Like Mm -hmm. if when people make their entire like life on showing their work life for like day in their life blogs and then they quit to do social media full time, I'm like, what do you do now? (laughs) <laughs> what do you show <laughs> I also think I never intended for this to happen and I would just myself just being a maniac and having anxiety I just always need like a backbone and I always need like a fallback plan too so I wouldn't ever want to fully leave yeah I love that mindset too because I think the people like on social media are the loudest right and they're always like they talk about a nine to five is like the past there's like yeah. your before and it's like I used to work a nine to five I think it's great like having a nine to five and like your story too it's not like this sitting in a cubicle emails all day like it could be anything and also like I think it's like like I would say my job's a nine to five ish like I mean mm-hmm. like I have times where I'm working way more than that and I'm working like weekends and whatever or there's times where like right now I'm working just like nine to five five days a week right so I also think it's um yeah, I hate when people on social media do that. I hate when people say, like, like, like downplay. Like, if someone wants to work in i five, let them work one. Like, you don't have to make it sound like it's the worst thing in the world. And also maybe just, like, you were working was bad. Like, that's also the issue. Yeah. And, I mean, like, my dream dream one day would be, like, to be own my own company. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, what I would love to do. And, like, I just would never make that jump and do that until it was, like, I felt like I had enough years experiences and resources and had, like, a true good idea. But even that, like, I would love, like, that's... I would be under the structure of still a nine to five. So it's like, yeah, but I find that it's like people who just work like a normal nine to five who don't have like social media. It's like, you don't hear from them. So it's like, you only hear from these people who like have like hate on it. Right. Um, okay. Well, I think that was everything I wanted to chat to you about. This was so fun. Thank you for coming on the podcast. So where can people find you? Like your TikTok, your Instagram, all that stuff. Everything is Sarah Jenkins XO. Don't hate on the XO. My name is very common. And I made the accounts when I was 14 years old. (laughs) So I just, it's now the brand. The weird thing is when people call me Sarah Jenkins XO. It's not my name. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta own it. It's Sarah. It's just Sarah. Yeah. It's not funny, but that's the brand. So Sarah Jenkins XO on everything. On TikTok's where I daily blog. And then Instagram, I sometimes post on there. But Instagram scares me. And then, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll link all your stuff down below as well. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming to the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.